The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Thanks to JLD Hot Sauce and Knives, Saints Happy Hour listeners now get to listen to the complete version of our weekly Twitter spaces the entire football season. If you want award-winning hot sauces like Boot Jolica or Reaper Madness Special Reserve, go to www.jldsharpsauce.com. They have incredible jellies such as palm and pepper. They also have an incredible selection of handmade knives for cooking, hunting, and your outdoor needs. Go check out the Zombie Killer Quartering Cleaver and tell me it's not the best damn quartering cleaver you ever saw in your entire life. Jerry Embler is a tremendous supporter of Saints Happy Hour, so we're asking you to support the people who support Saints Happy Hour. Go to www.jldsharpsauce.com to get the best hot sauces and knives at the best prices anywhere. Use promo code SAINTSHAPPYHOUR and get 10% off. That's www.jldsharpsauce.com. Hey, Ralph. Ralphie. Andrew and Dave. All right, I got the uh, little intel. Your Saints Happy Hour podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, all right? And I'll tell you what. You, Ralph, you mispronounce everything, okay? I listen, I go, what the? Does he not know the English language? All right, Ralph. I try to get an English class in there every now and then, okay, pal? Hey, Andrew! Think you're smart, huh? Think you're smart? You're in big trouble, pal. You piece of shit like you for breakfast. And then, of course, there's Dave. Dave, a little obnoxious. Got a little bit of chip on your shoulder, huh? You gotta get, cut people down all the time. Is that what you gotta do? But uh, know that life is good. Appreciate it. Do what you do. Keep on keeping on. Shoot her out. <laughs> all right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. We are on Twitter Spaces like we are every Wednesday or Thursday, depending on news and schedules. And we are on Twitter Spaces, and as as always, we are presented by JLD Hot Sauces and Knives. Go to JLDSharpSauce.com and support the people who support us. Uh, Andrew, before we get started tonight, I just want to remind people, we are locked and loaded. September 16th, Port Orleans, come out. We are doing a live show. We are going to have prizes. We are going to have gifts for the first 75 people that show up. We're going to have surprises. We might even have people getting married. That is not a joke. It could potentially be crazy. We are so excited. Mark your calendars and do it. Uh, Andrew, we couldn't go last night because you missed your connecting flight coming back from vacation. You got home safe, I assume. Andrew, are you there? Or he's connecting. Uh, I assume he's. <laughs> I assume he's safe. Um, but, but uh, uh, we'll see. Uh, Andrew's having a little technical, having a little technical difficulties tonight, uh, much like he did on his on his uh, trip home from vacation. But tonight, the thing that I want to discuss, and the thing that I think is most interesting is 
as most of you know, and the headline says, Saints traded, Andrew, the Saints traded for Baker Mayfield. I mean, <laughs> this, oh my God, I'm already pulling a Ralph. The Panthers traded for Baker Mayfield. Yes, Andrew. that would be the team. That would be, the, the Panthers traded for Baker Mayfield. And listen, I am not saying Baker Mayfield is better than Jameis. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield is good. But I'm going to start here. The difference between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield is like going from a telegram communication to high-speed internet. Like, that's the difference. Like, Baker, Sam Darnold, Carolina wasn't winning four games, and Matt Rule is going to get fired by October. Now, Carolina has a fighting chance to be competent, and they can talk themselves into... I mean, oh, hold on a second. You, you're saying he's like high-speed internet. What does that make Jameis Winston, like broadband satellite? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, there's nowhere to go up but up. From, you know, there's, there's nowhere to go from high-speed internet. So I, I, I don't well, know that that's I like true. That I would say maybe Baker, maybe Baker is like Netscape, like the Netscape Look, 1.0. We're comparing him to Sam Darnold, who – and this isn't really opinion. This is fact. The, the worst quarterback in the last decade, period. Like, he is the worst quarterback I have seen, not named Nathan Peterman, that started more than, like, three games yeah. in the NFL. And he, he has been horrific. Like, even when he beat down the COVID-infested Saints coaching staff, <laughs> he – he still managed to have one of the worst turnovers I've ever seen in my life in that yeah. game. Yeah. Like, and that, that was like his crown jewel. Yeah. That was like, oh, Sam Darnold. And, and I remember fighting with people on Twitter. I'm like, Sam Darnold ain't turned the corner or nothing. He's still terrible. And people are like, he's 3-0. and what you? I'm saying Sam Darnold ain't the solution. I hope Carolina Dan, – ex- Dan, Orlo- Dan Orlovsky's saying like, oh, Joe Brady and, and Sam Darnold is, is the next, you know – Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. Yeah, remember that tweet? Yeah, I remember. He went all in. I remember I was like, yes, Dan, I hope to God extend him, Carolina. Give him the $150 million contract today. Do it. And people in the New Orleans media were like, are you sure about that, Ralph? I'm like, I hope they commit. They need to marry Sam Darnold today. And, And, like, it didn't happen. And they got Baker. You know, my thing is, Baker makes them confident and competent, at least potentially. And look, Baker still has a ton of flaws. Like, I'm not saying Baker's better than Jameis, but I think you kind of said it on one of the podcasts that we're going to play next week. Like, Baker and Jameis, like, if you went quarterback shopping, they would kind of be on the same aisle. Like, I mean, they're closer than we want to admit, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, Baker is six one. He has small hands. I, I I think they're just some physical limitations that he really can't get around. When I when I get when I give my TED talk on why not to draft a six foot quarterback in the first round, Baker Mayfield is going to be the test example. Baker, everything about Baker Mayfield proves that Drew Brees was a unicorn. Like. Baker, he's too short. He can't throw from the pocket. Drew Brees threw from his tippy toes. He's inaccurate. And Baker, too. Nobody's taken more sacks since he came in the NFL than Baker. And that's not a good combination with Carolina's line. But again, like, Baker, 
he can do some. He can he can be appear competent at times. He's had some good. He's had his best seasons are like in quarterback rating a ninety five. Jameis has never hit that, uh, but. It's just such a golf. It's such a difference between Sam Darnold. That's why I'm a little sad, Andrew, because I wanted the Panthers to have the Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, poo-poo platter at quarterback. Like that was <laughs> that was a four-win team. Now Carolina's like eh, better. I, I just don't understand what Carolina's doing at quarterback. I mean, when you think about going back to Teddy and the contract that they gave him, only to absorb a ton amount of dead money trade him away only to acquire Sam Darnold and give up a lot to get him. They picked up his option. They gave up a lot of picks. A two High and four pick. and a five, I think. Yeah, to, to get Sam Darnold. It completely blew up in their face, as we know. And, and now, I mean, look, Baker Mayfield, that trade in isolation is a really good one. They're taking a flyer. They're paying less than half the salary. They gave up a conditional fifth-round pick. So that trade on its own is really good. But – I can't help but ask myself, is Teddy Bridgewater is Teddy Bridgewater not better than all these guys? Darnold, <laughs> Mayfield. Than Darnold for and sure. and I, I don't think I don't think Bridgewater is that good. But I'm just saying all of these musical chairs that Carolina's done, they they've never gotten better at quarterback. They're just recycling yeah. through different levels of bad. And yeah. and, and Here's the thing with Mayfield, and I tweeted this out. In fact, this guy came at me, and, and I'm going to call him out because it annoyed me. Uh, the tweet that I put out there was, this would be a very exciting day for Carolina if Baker Mayfield was a good quarterback. And <laughs> I was, was, I was, to, by I was told by, by someone, that's a very weak take. Have some foundation. Put some substance behind your random takes. Tell us why he sucks. Not that your opinion is that he does. That means nothing. Look, I, I'm going to – public service announcement ralph you can say whatever you want on twitter all right so i can say whatever i want and if you don't like it you're allowed to say something back sure but i mean don't don't be offended when i don't agree with you because you know what 99.9 percent of tweets that get fired off into the ether they're never going to change their minds they're never going to say oh you know what you're right i, I changed my opinion like in, if anyone's going to do it it's me because I am a pretty reasonable guy, and if, if you convince mm-hmm. me with a good argument, like I may actually change my mind. But not ninety nine point nine percent of Twitter, that's not going to work. So if you disagree with someone, you you can you can share your opinion. But like, not nothing that I've said. Like this guy's telling me this is very weak. Have some foundation. Put some sub- substance behind it. What substance do we have? So I'll put the shoe on the other foot. What substance, Ralph, do we have? that Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. We have none. We have zero. He's better than Sam Darnold. That's all we know. Well, I would say I would say this about Kareem Hunt. He's had Chubb. He's had Njoku. He's had Landry. He's had Beckham. He's had Austin Hooper. He has had a plethora of weapons. He's had a good offensive line. That's right. And what ha- and what has he done, Ralph, in Cleveland? Well, what he- ha- He's done nothing. No, no. I would say this. And this is why, to me, this is a giant – I'm going to compliment Baker, but I also think it it shows that it's a a giant red flag if you're Carolina. Two years ago, Cleveland went 11-5. Their best season they've had in 25 years. They went 11-5, went to Pittsburgh, and won a playoff game. Kicked the crap out of Pittsburgh – 
should have beat Kansas City if Baker would have been better in the second round, right? So it's the best season they've had in a generation. They picked Baker number one. And a year later, Andrew, a year later, Cleveland kicked him to the curb, spent three first-round draft picks and $240 million guaranteed to acquire a sexual predator, a quarterback, who may not even play in 2022, so that Baker wouldn't be their quarterback. That's a giant red flag. They picked him number one, and he led them to their best season in 25 years, and they were still like, nah, bro, get out of here. We're going with I, this, I just feel the, the, the second that he had a shoulder, a bum shoulder, a throwing shoulder, they were ready to eject. I think that says a lot. We, we've now seen the Rams do that yeah. with Goff. We've seen the Eagles do that with Wentz. We saw the Colts do it with Wentz also. Yep. When these young quarterbacks get shipped out because the team and the team has no patience, that tells me they have maybe an ego problem, attitude problem. Maybe yep. they're not good, good in the film room. There is some trait that he has that the team is like, we cannot win with this guy consistently. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. And, and, and I think it's just, I just think it's, it, it's a huge it's a huge red flag to me. I mean, he, 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 here's the other argument. And look, again, I, I, I think the – I have to say this is a good investment for Carolina in the sense that they had Sam Darnold. And, and I've seen a couple people – I've seen a couple national and media people throw this out there. You know, he's got to beat out Sam Darnold for a job. Oh, my God. It, it's, not, it's not his <laughs> until he, he earns it. Stop it with that. Just stop, stop it right now. It, it, again – Sam Darnold is the worst quarterback in the league. Not named Nathan Peterman that I've watched in the last. Taysom decade. Hill. Okay. Taysom Hill is worlds better than Darnold, and Taysom Hill is not an NFL starting quality. Yeah. Quarterback. So, so let, let's put that to bed right now. Baker Mayfield right. is a starter in Carolina, yeah. so it, it 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 is an upgrade, and I will give them that. And so, as a Saints fans, as an NFC South person, like that should worry you because Carolina did get better. And again, I I, I will give them credit. When you look at the trade in terms of they're paying a fraction of his salary and they gave up a fifth-round pick, that's a good trade. That's now, a good tra- if, you, if you look at Carolina's investments in quarterback over the last three years in terms of <laughs> been, the draft picks and the money that's, that's been, been sunk into that position, now that, that's an embarrassment. I mean, it is absolutely horrible, and so Baker Mayfield's further down that line, but, but he's just another you know peg in the wheel, if you will, but like, at the end of the day, that's a good trade. That it, it's worth the investment in the same way that it was worth the investment for the Saints when they gave James Winston a minimum contract. Yeah. So we got a bunch of people. I want your thoughts. We're going to start with freaking about freaking about football. Then we're going to go to Kirk and uh, Jay Boudreau. Freaking about football. Your thoughts on Baker to Carolina? I mean, they upgraded a quarterback. I mean, Sam Darnold. It's awful. I, I wish he was still the starter, but me yeah, too. Me, um, too. me too. So much. Uh, I don't know. Like the when I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. They traded for Baker, and then like the next report comes out, like, oh, there's going to be a competition. I'm like, why? <laughs> That's right. What? Com- what? I the 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 Saint the the Winston Taysom Hill competition was more legitimate. Than Darnold, yeah. than Darnold Baker, and the the Winston Taysom competition, it was only a competition because Sean Payton felt obligated to give Taysom a chance. Like we all knew, Jameis was winning that. Um, but 
if I said to you freaking about football, where does Carolina land on their win total because they have Baker? How much does it increase, you think? So they were, what, like a five-win team last year? I think they're between seven and, like, there's, like, I think there's, their floor is, like, six wins if, like, Christian McCaffrey gets hurt again, which probably will happen. But I think if, like, reasonable health, I think they're between seven and nine wins. I think, like, I looked at their schedule. They play, like, seven games where I'm, like... Their first six are brutal. Yeah, but, like, they finish with, like, games against, like... I, I forgot already, but like I know, I think they play the Lions and like the Pittsburgh is maybe like an a toss up. Like I think Baker at least gives them a shot in those games, so I could see him going like seven, ten, probably Man, maybe eight, eight, nine. Seven and t- like Matt Rule, unless he pulls a rabbit out of a hat and goes nine and eight. Andrew, he's getting fired into the sun. Thanks. Oh yeah. Thanks for joining us. I could, us also, I, could I could also see that defense going backwards from where it was last year. So I, you know, we'll see. We'll see with Carolina. They're, they're more of an enigma to me. Whereas, like I, I would say, Atlanta is clearly the basement dweller in this division. Yeah. Uh, this this is, this is brought. I think Carolina. I, I I still have a hard time seeing that team having a winning record. So we got we got we got Kirk. Kirk, what you got? Your thoughts on Baker to Carolina and where it where where it went layers at win total? And are you are you are you more concerned about Carolina now? I'm a little bit, little bit, not much though. Kirk, unmute. Kirk, unmute yourself. Kirk, there you go. Can you, hello, hey. hello. What you got for us, Kirk? Well, first of all, who that gentleman? Um, and I don't want to sound like a homer tonight, um, but yeah, I'm not worried about Carolina. Um, <laughs> I think they're going to go from maybe five wins to seven or eight. That's a lot. But, That's a big increase, though, Kurt. That's like forty percent more wins, though. Yeah, but it's not going to come at the expense of the Saints. The okay. only team we've got to worry about is Tampa Bay. Like I said, I'm not going to sound like a homer. Now, I wanted to jump in and answer Andrew's question about, you know, the Browns kicking Baker to the curb. Um, I have family up in Ohio, um, and the Browns' biggest rivalry is the Bengals. They're in state, right? Mm -hmm. So Baker was the number one pick of the Browns a few years ago. The Bengals, their biggest rival in state, go and draft Joey Burrow. That's right. You you know, this was supposed to be Baker's Super Bowl. He was supposed to take the Browns to the next level. He didn't do it. Joey Burrow did. So now they're all butthurt, excuse my language, (laughs) and they're ready to, oh, my God, the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, they were ready to kick him to the curb for somebody with obviously more upside, more potential. Um, And that's where that all stemmed from. This was supposed to be their Super Bowl, not the Bengals, not their rival. And that's what happened. And they just said, hey, we drafted the wrong guy, number one. Not in that year they didn't, but Joey Burrow is a way better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. And Jameis Winston, once again, not to sound like a homer, his upside is way better than Baker. 
I mean, yeah, he needs to work on ball security. They both do. Um, neither one of them are Drew Brees. Let's just <laughs> throw that out there right away. But they're, the upside with Jameis is way more. Um, I'll make one more point, then I'll get off here. Um, if, you know, you go back to uh, Jameis's 5,000-yard season a couple of years ago in Tampa Bay, he didn't have Michael Thomas. He didn't have Jarvis Landry. And he didn't have a receiver with the potential of Alave. And that's not even counting Marcus Marquez Callaway and Hardy and I mean the weapons we've got guys I mean if this guy doesn't lead the league in passing yardage this year I hope he doesn't I I don't think he Kirk and thanks for joining us I I don't think I don't think Jameis will lead the league in passing Andrew I don't want him to I want James I want the Saints defense to be yeah you want want... him you want him supported by a good running game I I think ideally his yards per pass are, are, are you know very high because, yeah. you know, then play action is setting up where he's getting to the second level. But, you know, the, the thing that's really interesting that Kirk brought up, and, and it's a great point, it is it is interesting how, and I, I know I'm kind of contradicting myself here because I'm not a big Baker fan, but, you know, we talk all the time about how the NFL stands for not for long. And, you know, the the lack of patience that teams have that's with right. players, and, and, and we're guilty of this as fans. Like, we're ready to get rid of Cesar Ruiz and Adam Troutman. We're ready to you know, move on from those guys and say, Hey, they're garbage and let's get a new guard. Let's get a new tight end. But the light sometimes doesn't come on until you're three or four for some of these guys. We've seen it. And the lack of patience, the lack of patience the teams have for quarterbacks that they've given $25 million a year to like some of these teams, again, going back to golf and Wentz and, and Matt Ryan with the Falcons, these teams are eating, tens of millions of dollars in dead money to get rid of these guys after they've committed to them. And it's crazy how one bad season, one, one year where Baker was trying to fight through a bum shoulder is enough for, for Cleveland to be like, Nope, we got to eject done. We we've got to give away our entire future mortgage, all our picks and go get Deshaun Watson. And, and we and have it, to it, risk it, it, setting a year on fire. They're risking setting twenty two on twenty twenty two on fire, like because there's but, a, there's a non zero chance Deshaun I, Watson I doesn't the point, play. The point that Kirk makes about Joe Burrow and how he influenced maybe their line of thinking, it, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you realize that these GMs and these owners, like they go all in, but sometimes they're just influenced by the success that teams across yeah, the I- street and. I look, Sean Payton, as big of a genius as we think Sean Payton is, remember this now. This happened. Seattle wins a Super Bowl, and Sean Payton decides we're going to a 3 4 defense. We're, we're drafting big corners. Remember, they take yep. Stanley Jean Baptiste in the second yep. round, and they, he gets Rob Ryan as a defensive coordinator. And, and Sean Payton's decided we're mimicking what Seattle did on defense. We're going to copy them, and that's going to put out, that's going to make us more competitive. And it completely blew up in his face, so much so that the corners that they drafted, talking about Stanley Jean-Baptiste, was gone a year later, and they went back to a 4-3 and fired Rob Ryan two years later. And, and, and so, like, a lot of times you're just influenced by the success around you, and it may not be a good idea. Yeah, and, and before we get to Jay Boudreau, one point on that is I think there's a possibility that Cleveland – looked around and they looked around in the AFC and they're like, 
even if they didn't necessarily hate Baker, they're like, Baker ain't it. And like, we have yeah. to be better. Whereas like in the NFC, it's the opposite with the Saints. The Saints can look around and be like, NFC, man, let's just load up, build around Jameis. A couple things break right. We can we can get, go deep into the playoffs in this conference. So I think it's a different thing. Jay- I, I, that's a good point. I think in the AFC, you're looking at Her- Justin Herbert. You're looking at Josh Allen. You're looking at Mahomes. And you're thinking, holy shit, I mean, we can't compete with this. Yeah. So, Jay Boudreaux, we're going to go to Jay Boudreaux and then KB. Jay Boudreaux, what you got? Hey, guys. So, I've been hearing a lot about you guys talking about, like, young quarterbacks not doing well, and then they try to trade up. Keep it in mind that um, the Chargers, once upon a time, didn't have faith in Drew Brees and wanted to trade to get uh, Phil Rivers or Eli Maddox. And, you know, their legacy of failure is still continuing because they gave away a Super Bowl winning quarterback for Phillip Rivers and they haven't well, done that, anything that, since. That brings up my biggest fear, Jay, and that and I will say this. This is my biggest fear is that the most Cleveland thing that ever Cleveland would be Baker Mayfield becoming a Pro Bowl quarterback in Carolina and Watson continuing to be a sexual predator and, and, Mm -hmm. and washing out of the NFL and they have to watch Baker be awesome in Carolina. That would be the most Cleveland thing that ever Cleveland. The Jake, the the Jake, the Jake DeLome scenario, essentially. The funny thing is the Cleveland already suffered through this. It's called uh, Andre Risen. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Or Bill Belichick, right? Bill Belichick in, in New England. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. So, um, I will say, like you mentioned, it's a full win team for Cle- for Carolina without Baker. I-, I think with him, I think they'll go at least six or seven. They will not sweep us. We will sweep them. The Saints will sweep them. But I also think this helps us against Cleveland because if Deshaun Watson's not playing, that means they're playing some nobody that I don't know of for well, Cleveland. Never- and Baker- we have a shot to beat them more. Well, thanks for joining us, Jay. Andrew, yeah. Baker, he, he was never he was never playing another down for Cleveland. That was never gonna happen. Like no. Deshaun Watson could have got suspended yesterday before they did the trade. They'd have still done the trade with Carolina. Like he was never playing another down for Cleveland ever again. That was never gonna I happen. think that I, I think you're right. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Now I'm excited for this for this speaker. K B what you got for us? I know you have watched so much Baker Mayfield film. I worry about your sanity. Uh, what is your theory on Baker now in Carolina? Give us the give us the breakdown. All right. So, um, I mean, I think there's a lot to look into. There's the Panther side of things. There's the Brown side of things. There's Baker side of things, and then there's the way the rest of the league kind of sees this, right? So, I mean, the Panthers. Let's not forget that the Panthers had the opportunity to draft Justin Fields sixth overall, and they chose this coaching carousel where they always <laughs> wait right. for the perfect situation to draft the next guy that's available until they eventually hit on one. So this is no fault but their own. So let's start with that. Secondly, Baker specifically. Baker operates entirely around confidence, right? And his confidence and the relationships in the building fell apart long before Deshaun Watson ever entered the picture. And 
I think that's so important to remember, right? And this is a yeah. clean reset. And I really do think that the first three games of the year will tell us everything we need to know about he the Carolina bro- That's a good point. He looked, he looked broken against Green Bay. And not just because he was hurt. He looked completely broken mentally against 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 Green Bay on what was it Christmas or Christmas Eve Exactly and I mean a guy like him has to overcompensate what got Baker to where Baker is today is his mentality the energy that he leads with on and off the field and you know he does have to overcompensate for height all the stuff is primarily outside he doesn't throw between the numbers he doesn't have mobility like some of the other shorter guys in the league that get by with like a Kyler Murray that get by on extreme athleticism he doesn't have that ability all he really has is this you know insane mental toughness that drives him forward so I think the first three weeks of the season are going to tell us everything that we need to know about what kind of version of Baker Mayfield we're getting because it's a pretty hard schedule for them to start. I mean, they, they go, it uh, is, it is, but it's not necessarily about wins and losses per se. It's about that rule though. KB. (laughs) I think, look, if they're losing 23 to 20 on a field goal kicks at the last second of the game it's a lot different than if you don't look like you're competitive with all the talent that you have on the roster right because your ownership your gm etc your head coach you have to go in there with a plan right and i don't think they're going to start zero and three unless things really go off the rails but you know if you look like you're a functioning football team and you're in the game and your offense is has continuity and structure for the first time you know, you buy yourself one week at a time. Here's the five, th- here's six, the seven, yeah, eight. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Matt Rule, though. I, I'll say this, KB. There's a lot of pressure on Matt Rule for Baker to be good immediately, here's the, right out of the gate. I just think because, that's because, very because, overblown. Because, because, They're not yeah, going to fire Matt Rule. Matt Rule bought himself at least I KB, they go to Cleveland and lose. I don't care if it's close, whatever. They lose at home to the Giants? There is a distinct possibility Matt Rule is coaching for his job either against the Saints or against Arizona. Well, I I, I mean, Arizona's Arizona, so that's enough of that. But I I think what I mean by this is that they have to put together a functioning brand of football. That's true. Right? Like, if they're getting blown off the field for two weeks in a row and they lose to the Giants and they don't even look like a functioning franchise, then, you know, that's obviously goodbye, Matt Rule. But I don't think that's really what we're dealing with. I think, you know, I think they are going to be a potential seven-seed contender just based on the amount of talent that's on that that football team if you really look into it. They, you know, they got in the corner, they re-solidified that line. What? about this though is that rule has a lot of control over their personnel decisions and his ultimate control he 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 has the final say and his decision was that go get teddy bridgewater then eat all the dead money then trade all these assets to get sam darnold pick up his bonus they're going to be paying him 20 million dollars this year to be baker mayfield's backup and now he's making this trade so that's where i come from it like I actually think if Carolina plays a functional brand of football, to KB's point, like let's say it's a functional football team that actually looks pretty sound and is pretty good. And Baker, now this is a stretch because I actually think Baker is better than Sam Darnold, but in a scenario where let's say they're one and four 
and Baker is the one costing them these games, I do think his job is on the line. Because now it's going to be like every quarterbacking decision that you've made has cost an otherwise pretty decent football team. It has blown up in our face. But Baker's not the type of quarterback that unless he's in an incredibly shitty situation like the Browns were, where people in the locker room just genuinely hate you, like, you know, he's not going to lose you a football game. He's a guy that might, he might keep you at what you would be at baseline, but he, you know, he's not going to necessarily win you a football game, but he's not necessarily going to lose you a football yeah, that, game either. That's fair. The one thing I do worry about with Baker, though, he's taken more sacks than anybody since he's come to the league. If the Carolina offensive line, I know they're, they're trying to fix it again, but if it's bad again, yeah. I mean. Yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely that possibility there, and especially when you look at the teams in the NFC South, like the Saints that do that four over three, two high stunting, kind of seal the edge kind of defense. I mean, that's going to give Baker Mayfield nightmares. And, you know, that puts the Saints in a good position where you're like, yeah, maybe they're a little bit better, but who cares? In, at the end of the day, they're not a team that can really compete with us. And But just from a Panther standpoint, I think they at least get a reset that buys them a couple of weeks to put a product that doesn't look like shit on the field. Let's make a bet, KB. I'll give you free merchandise. You don't have to, you don't have to give me anything. Do you think on Halloween, Matt Rule, still the coach of the Panthers or not? Yes. I say not. If he if he is, I'll send you a T-shirt. Deal. All right, K- KB. Uh, what what's your uh, prediction on Carolina's record? How many how many wins did they pick up with Baker instead of Sam Darnold? Uh, I think they I think they win nine games. Oh my god, nine wins! I don't like that. I don't because then then you've got the South being really competitive. I, I think I do, but I think the Saints. I don't know. I think, I think it's a little skewed because I see the Saints as a on the high end of a twelve win football Ooh, wow. team. But I when I only look at the the Panthers roster from top to bottom, and they have it's a, a nice, pretty significant amount of talent. Like DJ Moore, yeah, but DJ Moore is an excellent, you know, addition to that for Baker Mayfield to throw to. He's exactly the kind of receiver that Baker Mayfield needs. You know, they still have Christian McCaffrey. And Baker doesn't really throw any of those underneath mesh concepts, so they're not going to have to throw him in the passing game as much. His load's going to be cut down a little bit, which is perfect for fantasy managers and his health. So, you know, those are some things to consider. I think it's going to it's going to be interesting. But thanks for joining us, KB. I don't like I don't like Andrew. I don't like the nine wins. Nine. I wanted I wanted I wanted the NFC South so badly to be the Saints, Tampa, and two garbage cans. That's what I wanted. That's what I deserved. <laughs> yeah. No, no I'm, I mean, with Sam Darnold, I, I think that was absolutely the case. And now I think, you know, if they have a quarterback that can kind of tread water for them, to KB's point, I think this roster is decent enough. Now, I don't really think they've built out their depth the way the Saints have. So, you know, they, they get a couple injuries at receiver. You know, their offensive line gets hit. I, I think it goes sideways for them pretty quickly. I, I do not think this is a team that has a lot of depth. And you'll remember, like, J.C. Horn went down with an injury, and their secondary was kind of low-key a disaster for a while until they got Gilmore. And Gilmore is gone now. They don't have him anymore. 
And, and so, you know. Oh, didn't they Brian trade Burns, for that guy from Jacksonville who was terrible, C.J. Henderson? Didn't yeah. they trade for him too? And he they was, did, and yeah. He's, he's a starter for them now. He's kind of low-key bad. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, kind of an interesting combination there on the defensive line. But, like, again – couple of those guys get one one or two of those guys get hurt the defensive line gets worse in a hurry so i just look at the saints and, and the depth that they've built out and I've, i look at this roster and i'm like one or two injuries crushes this roster in a very different way than it would the saints yeah. budridge what do you got for me carolina what's their record now that they got baker i think it stays the same i think it honestly stays the same you think there's still going to be like a four win team with baker five wins Wow. Yeah, I think there's just going to be so much friction and disruption with with Baker there now because, well, I think Baker is a good quarterback. I mean, he's pretty accurate. He's got he's got a good arm, and I think he's a cable starting quarterback. I think there's just going to be so much distraction, and it's just going to feel like the team is entirely divided because you're going to have some people going like, "Nah, I'm not. I don't like Baker." And it's all, and always going to be these anonymous people. And then oh, Baker's going to find out. But I don't think they'll be chirping for Darnold. I don't think it's going to split the lock. I don't think people are going to be like, well, they should be playing Darnold. Saints Happy Hour needs your support so we can keep giving you the Saints coverage you love. Become a patron to help us keep giving you the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7, early access to podcast episodes, our world-famous booze bundle with four amazing swag items. So do it. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. That's SaintsHappyHour.com.
No, not I wouldn't say play Donald. Just, just be not with Baker. Yeah, but you know that's a that's a, that's a good point though that Matt's bringing up because I, I do feel like talk about the Saints and the culture that they've created and they've set the culture that Carolina has created is that as a starting quarterback, even if we commit to you financially, even if we sit, st- if we sink draft picks into you, we're not committed to you at all. And so you better be looking over your shoulder. And the minute you have a bad game, I'm looking at you, PJ Walker. I'm looking at you, all the, all those guys. We're, 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 we're looking for a new quarterback. We're going to trade for another veteran. We're going to – we're potentially – we're going to be yeah. in the mix to draft a guy. He's gonna, you know, so yeah, Matt going to play all three quarterbacks in, yeah. in a game again. <laughs> I just feel like they're all looking over their shoulders, and at some point that filters down to the rest of the team. I feel like when the team doesn't know who their quarterback is and the team doesn't trust that, like, that we have a solid foundation at the most important spot on the whole roster like I don't think it's very healthy for Sam Darnold to be on this team to be making 20 million dollars to sit the bench to to coexist with Baker Mayfield like maybe you know maybe he puts his big boy pants on maybe they figure it out but like I know that uh you know Anderson the receiver who was Robbie Anderson who was Sam Darnold's boy with the Jets he he tweeted out no when, when there were rumors that, that the that's Panthers right. are going to acquire Baker Mayfield. So I'm just saying, like, I, I, I'm sure that that's, that's – I'm making a big deal about something that's probably not, and I'm sure that Robbie Anderson is quickly going to be like, hey, Baker, no hard feelings, and they'll get over it. But I'm just saying there is a culture created there of continue to look over your shoulder because they don't commit to quarterbacks. Like, even if you think you have the job, one or two bad games, you might be losing it. They, they kind of did Teddy wrong. They, they've kind of done Sam Darnold wrong. And, like, I don't know, like, Baker, does he really feel like he's on solid footing based on the situation he's coming into? So, Bro, uh, but I'll say this about Baker. If Robbie Anderson, if he saw Robbie Anderson's comments on Instagram, he's not letting that go. He is going to no, Baker bring doesn't that let anything up go. In, in, in the first media session. Baker is the kind of guy, he can hear you. He can hear you giving him the finger. Like he yeah. knows all like, but that's the thing that like KB mentioned, like his drive and his like his whole life is like, you're too small to do this. You're not athletic enough. Like that's his thing. That's driven him the doubters his whole career. So that's just w- the way he is. But I mean, this is the same guy that when Duke Johnson was at the Browns and he wanted out because he felt like he was being underutilized. Baker literally called him out saying, you're being a selfish asshole. And you just need to get with the program. I mean, you, I promise you, I promise you, he is going to bring that up. If someone has a problem problem with Baker, he's going to bring it up to the media, and it's going to be a shit show. All, and it's only going to take one. And I promise you, it's probably going to be Robbie Anderson. Yeah, it probably is. You know what's interesting, though, Andrew, is Sean Payton apparently loved Baker Mayfield coming out. So... That's that's not that's wild to me. It's yeah. wild, it's wild. Like um, he loved Baker. I mean, the, well, he probably you know. Apparently, Sean, apparently, he was a big he was a big Kenny Pickett fan also. Yeah, like Sean Payton, he's like any coach, any of these offensive coaches. He sees a quarterback, he falls in love with him. Garrett Grayson, Pickett, uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, but but you know, man, I mean, maybe Sean would have done a good job with Baker. Yeah, you know that, that's the thing we don't know. 
You were like, praise as, for Baker. as much as we like we like to fancy that Sean Payton was a quarterback whisperer. You know, I I think there are some guys well, that I re- do, respond to his coaching and others that don't. I think there's one. I think the one thing you do, do that you mentioned earlier, Andrew, is the culture. Is that the Saints have this culture, and a hundred percent of Sean Payton was with the Saints and Baker was there, they'd be like Baker. That ain't how we do it here. And 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 other veterans and stuff would have put him in line. We're in Cleveland. They ain't won nothing ever. So like. The players kind of run it. The owners kind of a yeah, kind of loose. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of Baker. To, it was Baker's job to run. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I do think the the culture is different. And uh, but Budgers, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll get to David. <laughs> the one thing I will say that I'm a hundred percent. I if Jameis and Baker are are close in ability and their careers, the one thing I will say, Jameis is intangibles leaps and. Bounds better than Baker. Leaps and bounds. Uh, David, what you got for us about Baker to Carolina? What's up, guys? What's up? Hey, uh, if Baker Mayfield wants to call someone a selfish asshole, asshole maybe you should start by looking in the mirror. <laughs> Anyways, so like to me, this whole the whole Panthers season, it it has almost nothing to do with Baker Mayfield, but it has more to do with is Christian McCaffrey washed up? Is he done? That's a good That's a good point. That's a real good point. If he's done, then like, see, like they, they had talent last year, um, but you know, their whole offense almost revolves around Christian McCaffrey. So like, and that's what I'm afraid that Alvin Kamara, if we don't find another running back, I don't want him to turn into Christian McCaffrey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, the one thing I will say, but Joe and and people got mad at me last year. Joe Brady, in the early part of the year when they started three, he was absolutely freaking reckless with Christian McCaffrey. They're playing the Texans and they're playing the Saints. When they were playing the Saints, he was still giving carries to Christian McCaffrey, and I was like, "What are you doing, bro?" The Saints. They're missing half the coaches have. The Saints could play till Thursday. They're not scoring double digits against you. Get your backup running back in there. Run the ball three times and punt. Like, why are you giving Christian McCaffrey all these extra wear and tear? But Joe Brady did it, so I, I don't know. Like, uh, we'll see. But uh, that's a great point, David. I, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's kind of in the same zone as Michael Thomas. Where, like, if it doesn't happen for Christian McCaffrey this year in Carolina, same as Michael Thomas with the Saints. Like, if he stays injured and doesn't get back, he's probably not going to be on the Saints in 2023. Same with Christian well, McCaffrey. Yeah. Well, well, and, and going back to culture again, Ralph, there, there was news this year that the Panthers were open to trading McCaffrey. And they wanted a first for him, but they they were willing to walk and let, let him go. And, again, that news was out there. What kind of message does that send to your star player and to the guys around him? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, uh, uh, Matt Rule, I think he's trying to win now. Like, he drafted Matt Corral, which probably wasn't, like, his this totally his decision. I, the way you win now is with, like, a veteran quarterback, and that's probably his best chance to win is with Baker Mayfield. But, like, I can't – if Christian McCaffrey's not healthy, I can't see them. Here's, here's a good question, Dave, because there was rumors that Carolina was also sniffing around Jimmy Jimmy G. They got Baker. Do you think 
as far as the Saints concerned, is it better for us that they have Baker than if they would have got Jimmy G? Oh, dude, there's no doubt. Like, like Baker's not even the quarterback Jimmy G is. It's not even close, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't get the love with Baker. I really don't. Um, I think he's an okay quarterback. I think the problem is that he's a third-round quarterback that got drafted first overall. Yeah, it was. I you know, was, I was that's stunned. a good way I to was, put it. I was stunned Cleveland took him first. I was, I was stunned. And I will say but this: it's a, it's a Cleveland move. It's <laughs> It is. It, it was very Cleveland. The one thing I'll say about Jimmy G, say whatever you want about him, the team, the 49ers, the players, love that dude. Like, they will right. go to war for him because they know he was playing hurt last year. Like, they love that dude. You can say Jimmy G does dumb stuff. He does. He makes boneheaded decisions. He gets hurt a lot. But that locker room in San Francisco love that dude. So I think I agree with you. I'm, I think I'm – you, you, you know who else was playing hurt you, last year, Ralph? Was playing hurt Baker, yeah, and, and how how did the team respond? To that? Right, <laughs> not good. Not you can well. see like Jameis Winston, all his teammates love him. Jimmy G, all his teammates love him. That Baker Mayfield, that dude has something. <laughs> he well, just, I think it. I think you know we elevate quarterback because we say it's the hardest position in sports, and and. It is. It's just different, right? Everything about it's different. You know, we. I won't get into it, but it's like. The sexual misconduct stuff with Watson. He's a quarterback, so it mattered more. Is that right? No, we should care. We should care equally about sexual uh, crimes and that sort of thing. We should care equally for all players. But quarterback, it's different. And like your quarterback, he kind of has to be the leader and beloved, and guys have to line up behind him, even if he's not the best player on the team. Like that matters at quarterback in a way that it doesn't matter at other positions where you can be like Michael Thomas. He's weird. Maybe he's selfish. Maybe he's an asshole. You know, he. You know, he. Like him and Steve <laughs> Deuce got in a fight. But like, if he's just doing his thing and is healthy, it doesn't matter. But like quarterback, all these intangible things really matter. Right. Like, there, there's two different ways to have a chip on your shoulder. Like, Tom Brady has a chip on his shoulder his whole career. And it's for the right reason. You know, he got mm-hmm. drafted in the sixth round. Everyone, you know, kind of he felt disrespected. And I, he used that to motivate himself. And Baker Mayfield, he just has it completely wrong the way he's taking whatever criticism he's getting. Yeah, like, he, <laughs> Baker kind of takes the criticism where if you criticize – Baker, he turns everything into you're criticizing me. Where I notice with Brady, he sort of does a wink wink and he turns it into they're criticizing us. And yeah. it's an interesting thing. He did it in all new in, in New England. And it's one of those things kind of like when you know, I, I heard this, I forgot what podcast it was. They were saying like when you're a super smart player or a smart person, you need to be the person that everybody said, oh, Dave, oh, we have this problem. We need to go to David to help us because he's super smart instead of David. He's super smart, but he's an arrogant asshole, and I don't like him. You know, there's two different ways to, to, to present being smart, and there's two different ways to have a chip on your shoulder. So, David, I think, I think that's a great point. I like it, though. I like this podcast, Andrew, because people are making me feel negative, more negative about Baker, and I'm dropping – the longer this podcast goes, the more the more wins I'm taking off of Carolina's total. So I like it. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks, David. Thanks, David.
So do, yeah. do we, Ralph? Do we dare invite the uh, Ram Rams request in here? This Rams Rams game? beat. Yeah, we can, we can, we can, uh, we can invite him. Do we? Do we dare? We can add him as a speaker. Rams beat. What you got for us? If you're here to gloat about the no call, are you uh, here to gloat about the no call in your in your Super Bowl yeah. title and your parade that had eight people at it? It's fine. You can go ahead. You can gloat. Don't or you can just pi- unmute yourself. Or you can just unmute yourself and, and join the fun and, and dogpile on Baker. Whatever you want to do, Rams beat. What you got for us? Hey, how's it going, guys? How's it going? Good, man. I know we get attacked a lot on the fan stuff, man. We were have trying to have a really good, like, legit conversation with the Niners because we got you know two pretty good rosters this year, and it just like almost immediately turned to fan base bashing. So, uh, <laughs> but I own it. I mean, I, I like a lot of Rams fans trying to defend it and like the, you know, SoFi takeover and Levi South. And I mean, that was, stuff was not fake. It was like real, like they were like, you know, outnumbered us and everything. And well, here's- so, I mean, I just, I just know that like in terms of sheer numbers, it's like not even close. Here's like, my, here's my question because I, I like having other opposing fan bases take. What's your take? Because y'all won the Super Bowl. Congratulations, all that. As Saints fans, we look at the NFC, and we're like, the NFC is wide open. There's no great teams in the NFC. Because y'all, look, y'all were a, a dropped interception away from not going to the Super Bowl, right? So you you understand that. But when you look at the NFC, do you see it again as, there's no really great teams. It's wide open again. Yeah, I mean – you know, like I'm, I'm a Rams fan and everything, but I'm also, you know, probably more of a, you know, NFL, you know, studier over the years and, and everything else. And, and I'm, you know, Ram, a lot of Rams fans don't like me because I'm maybe they think I'm too objective or whatever, <laughs> you know, and I'm not like fighting enough for our team. But no, I th- I'm a big believer in windows. Like that's, you know, my thing is like Super Bowl windows. And like over the last 50 years, you know, you can go back and look at the, um, the Super Bowl winners. There's 47 of the last 50 Super Bowl winners have been in, you know, what you could construe a, a pretty solid window, you know, winning window or Super Bowl window, whatever you want to call it. And that, you know, defined people have asked me, well, what does that mean? It's like, well, you know, you're talking about basically a minimum of three years and inc- of getting to the, of getting to the playoffs and then getting, a, a getting to, if you're only three years, you're also getting to a conference championship and a Super Bowl. If you're, or most of them, almost all of them are like five years, uh, four out of five or consecutive or more uh, playoff appearances plus um, championship game appearances. And whether you lose or not, you know, usually multiple, usually at least a Super Bowl loss. And most of the, and, and so like, you know, you're talking about teams like the right, right now, the teams that fit that mold are the Ram and the NFC are the Rams, the uh, uh, Packers, the, um, the Bucks to some degree uh, because they won one and they got there, you know, and then, um, and then the Niners, you know, just because well, they got really, to a Super that's Bowl. A, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great point, Ramsby. The only team that won a Super Bowl in the last really decade where they won the Super Bowl and the wheels completely came off was Denver because Peyton. Peyton no, not, not Denver. No, not Denver. They were in a window. They were in a window with Peyton. That that's a complete window. The only the, the three teams that have won a Super Bowl in the last fifty years that weren't, weren't in a window at all. Like we're never in a window. And like, sometimes it's hard to see. I'll, I'll, I'll admit this. Like sometimes it's hard to see because you don't know if a team enters a window. You, it's almost never they, 
win it in their first year in the window and then go on to consistent success. Like yeah, the that would have been window, the same thing. They won it and then it shut closed. Yeah, but they, but they wanted, they wanted it and it shut, but that happens. Guys will retire. Guys will this, they'll win it a second time, whatever it is. And then they'll retire. But no, but you can see it coming at least. They're in it when they win it. Um, but I what mean, I'm talking about, like, well, I'll just give you the three teams. The three teams that won it out of the blue over the last 50 years are the 2000, um, Baltimore Ravens yeah. won it out of nowhere and never sustained it. The um, they came back later on and, and built it back up. Then the uh, the 2017 um, Philadelphia Eagles, yeah, right. again just a fucking come almost an out of the blue situation. And then the 2020, um, you know Brady uh, uh, Buccaneers. So, the, but if you go back and look, like all the other win- most of them were you know con- you know multiple wins, all those Steelers wins and and um, Niner wins and Cowboys and all these guys get in a window, you know, like the Packers are in a window right now and that, but they've only won one, um, you know, with, with, uh, you know, so I just, you know, I'm just a big window guy. And so like, I try and look at, obviously, you know, I went through as a Rams fan, we went through the window with the, you know, greatest show on turf. And then we fell out of it for 12 years in the Fisher era, came back to LA, the McVay era started five years, got to, a Super Bowl loss, got to, you know, playoffs four out of five years, got to a Super Bowl loss, got to a Super Bowl one. Like, that's a classic window situation. Like, you could kind of see it coming. And I'm not saying you could predict that they're going to win it. I'm just saying that they're in contention. And there's usually only, like, four teams or so in each division or each conference that are, like, legitimately in a Super Bowl window. Like, final, right now, it's a – Final yeah. question, and then I'll let you get out of here, Ramsby. Y'all's yeah. offensive line, how concerned are you of it? Because I look at it, well, and I'm like – Number like, one, number one concern, number one concern. Yeah. For the, for the, you know, certainly for the, you know, Rams and then also the Niners or, you know, in our division or, or that's the number one concern. We lost obviously Whitworth, lost Corbett to uh, what you guys were just talking about with uh, Baker's uh, right guard. And um, so, uh, yeah, we got Bruss, you know, a rookie going in there, third round pick from um, late, late, late third round pick, <laughs> comp round, third round pick from, Wisconsin. Um, we got two other guys, by the way, from Wisconsin on that line. Three out of five are from Wisconsin, so that'll be pretty pretty interesting. But um, and then we got uh, you know Joseph Noteboom plugging in at left tackle, which you know he's never had a full time role there, but he's been solid, and every a lot of people, most people believe in him. So, but you know it's yet to be seen, right? You know, like just like everything, you can have confidence in somebody, but you got to show it, and that's a pretty important position. Yeah. So yeah, that's the biggest concern probably on the team, and then after that. You might say it's uh, probably for me. It's the um, the other uh, the cornerback position opposite Ramsey. Um, you know, uh, we, I'm not I'm not a big huge Troy Hill fan, and um, we got some other guys. You know, yeah. Rochelle, David Long, and stuff like that. But it's, yet to be being drafted, a couple guys. Uh, so it's good. Thanks for joining us, Ramsey. It's, Andrew, it's going to be really interesting. The the NFC, I think, because you got all these teams. And they can all make a case that if it breaks right, we got a shot. But final question, then we're getting out of here, Andrew. By the way, like I said at the beginning, mark your calendar, September 16th, Port Orleans. We're doing a live show. If you're in New Orleans, if you're in New Orleans area, you want to join us. It's going to be amazing. My final question to you, Andrew. We're less than two or two, three weeks away from camp, right? What? Because you watch the film. You break it down better than anybody. You grade the Saints. You know how to watch the film. 
by the way, if you become a patron, Andrew breaks down the Saints every play, every player, the entire year. We're all concerned about the offensive line like the Rams beat says for the Rams and the 49ers too. As a guy who watches the film, I know you can't be at practice, but what are you when you read about practice, when you hear people you respect talk about practice? What are you trying to glean? What signs are you looking for that you were going to be like, Ralph, that is a very good sign. The offensive line is doing well. Or, oh my God, Ralph, the offensive line, they haven't even played a preseason game and I'm already worried about it. What are kind of sort of signs we can look for to sort of start judging, watching the offensive line when training camp comes up? Because I think that's a critical part for the Saints as well. Honestly, I don't put much stock in a tweet that says Andrews Peak got beat like a drum, for example. <laughs> like it, it just doesn't scare me that much because that's before the regular season start. That's before you start game planning for an opponent. Do you that's care about who's you running with the ones, tape. who's running with the twos? Do you care about that? Like, what are we, what are we trying to look for? Not, not so much because I, I think at the end of the day, the Saints are going to start the best five guys. I mean, that's that's what Streif has said, point blank. We will start the best five players. So if that's James Hurst and they got to shuffle him over to right guard, then that's what they're going to do. So I, I, I'm not that worried about who it's going to be. Where I start to get worried is week one. Like I, I just think with the offense. Actually, I'll go. I'll go. I'll rewind the preseason. I, I think if we start seeing the doors getting blown off, and, and and specifically guys getting injured, because we know Pete. Like let's say he turns an ankle and he misses a couple weeks. We know that when he comes back, Pete's not going to play that well because when Pete's banged up. We've seen this now throughout his career. He's very good when he's 100%. He's, he really struggles when he's banged up. He's not like Teron Armstead, who plays at a high level, even if he's banged up. So I, I think that would be the biggest concern. Is And I, you remember last year, Ralph, where McCoy went down and I think week one yep. had, a, had the cap First injury. Series. He was out six weeks. So, I, I, you know, and then, and then Ramchek went down, and we, we, we know how much they struggled to tackle. So, like, I just don't think this team can afford to have McCoy and Ramchick go down. Those are the two best players on this line. And so where I start to worry is, yeah, and, and I'll throw Pete in there, really those three. Uh, those are the guys that have been to the Pro Bowl on this team. You know, if, if Penning rolls an ankle, if, if Ruiz rolls an ankle, I wasn't certain that they were going to be stalwarts anyway on, on this offensive line. So, like, if we're forced to play Hurst at left tackle – I think it'll be okay if we're forced to play someone else at right guard because Ruiz can't go. I wasn't sure that Ruiz wasn't going to be a liability anyway, right? So, but if something happens to Ramchek, McCoy, or Pete, I think those are the three where, and, and I'm talking about minor injuries where they're missing practice, where they, that's where I start to get worse. Yeah. So, guys. Thanks for joining. It's been a fun show. You know, it was it, it was good to have news to talk about that was NFC South related and it wasn't Saints related because as I'll tell you, 99% of the time, any Saints news you get in July before camp starts is going to be bad news. So this was interesting. The NFC South got a little bit more competitive. We'll see how Baker does. Guys, thanks for joining us. 
Support the show if you haven't become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash saintshappyhour. Support the show. We're the best Saints podcast going. For Andrew, I'm Ralph. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you Monday night on the live stream. Today's episode of Saints Happy Hour is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They are here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. Go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org, open Instagram, and type in at sportsdrink, spelled sports drink without the vowels. That's S P R T S. D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 
Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.